0: Long. Way outside for the three. It's going. It's it. going. for so then by two handed flush from Brittany Griner.
1: Swing it over. They've got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes! The Lumberjacks have done it. Spins. Big season for Texas. They finished thirty-four and zero. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. And the first NCAA... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas Twenty Four podcast on the Dave Campbell Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me is the best dancer I know, Ishmael Johnson. Ish, well, you didn't tell me you could get down like that. At a Stephen F. Austin women's basketball game. I
0: get uh, I get harassed at, at 1 30 a.m. <laughs> with a text saying, hey, I didn't know you went to the SFA women's game. I was like, wait, what the hell is this dude talking about? Sends me a video of this kid dancing, going off <laughs> by himself. Credit to the kid. Uh, I just... it, it, yeah, <laughs> so I just die laughing. Go to Bruni's Twitter if you don't know what I'm talking about. But this kid, he's just going, he's just going off, he's just vibing, and he's by himself. Like he's like, like he's not sitting with anybody. Clearly, um, I don't know if he like moved
1: to get in like view of the camera or something. But like he was, he was just having a great time. I I I want to be like that one day. I I don't know. I've never had the the urge to just get up and start dancing in a in a gym full of like let's say two thousand people in it. Right, right. But and the funny well, thing I is. Think-
0: I think okay. it, it for me it'd be it, it'd be different if it was on. Uh, I still wouldn't do it, but like if it was like an NBA game or like a packed, you know, like uh, NCAA game, yeah. I'd be more inclined because like there's more people and like everybody's just kind of looking at the screen. SF they could just like turn around and like see where you are. <laughs> like, like they could just like you know like so many college games. There's like where it's not going to be packed and so you can just see like oh he's over there like you can just kind of point yeah. at him i'd be so much more nervous about that
1: the the, the the crazy thing is the camera so i'm clicking through the game the because it was a timeout obviously so i'm clicking through it and i don't even know how i came came about it but i just saw him <laughs> and i was like hold on let me re, let me rewind that real quick <laughs> and turned up and it's only him for like literally as much as i clipped that's as long as they showed it for right. and i'm like give give this guy a chance man let him go off he could have right. been doing like way more if you gave him like five more seconds but yeah man was and then the and you you sent it to me afterward the girls in front of him weren't giving like any
0: any attention. it's like yo what are you this dude's showing off and they're like they're just i don't know they're bored out of their mind it's like come right. on now
1: you drop mm. this king come on man give him give him <laughs> give him his flowers man the girls are in front of him were just like dead dead faced yeah. no emotion and this dude's just in the back just getting down with
0: going him. off
1: the knee movement oh man
0: oh man oh
1: yeah <laughs> just the limber limber limbs over there i'm about to, I'm about to watch it again look at it
0: <laughs>
1: you're watching it again I he's going oh, off. I'm gonna retweet it because I tweeted at eight at one a.m. So that, now my my two thousand followers will see it at ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, I like how he's rocking the old uh,
0: the old shirt Stephen with Boston uh, yeah. State. I understand State, Stephen F. Austin, state. With,
1: with the shirt on, with the shirt underneath, with the white yeah. jeans or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> my man oh, is man. into it. I love it. Oh my God. Okay. But yeah. This speaking of Stephen F. Austin, uh, that's who we're going to lead off with because SFA is SFA women are back to being the SFA women that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Then we'll talk some uh, SEC big 12 men's, the results there and uh, some other notable results uh, on the men's side, but yeah, ish, Stephen F Austin first routes Cal Baptist on Saturday 79-62 and then on Monday goes and beats Grand Canyon who I believe was 6 and 1 in conference play uh 61 to 43. So back to back wins over two of the best teams in in the WAC and mm-hmm. SFA is now 8-0 and squarely in the driver's seat to win the conference very comfortably.
0: Yeah, I at the beginning of the year, I guess you would have you would have asked me and I would have said, yeah, sure, they probably would be the favorites, right? Towards the start of the year, okay, it was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the exact SFA team that we expected. Um, I always go back to them kind of replacing their point guard and then that kind of being maybe what was different about this team compared to last year. And then they've hit conference play and they've just unleashed. Despite going to a tougher conference, despite going to a deeper conference, like they've hit stride. Um, They're 8-0 and now. They're winning games I have right here by almost a 20 point, 19.9 points per game is their average win margin. And they're first in, let me see, field goal percentage, two point percentage, points per attempt, free throw rate, they're getting to the line. Opponents field goal percentage, opponents two point, (laughs) opponents effective field goal percentage. They are, they are clicking on a kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. And last year's pace was so nuts that it, it's hard to like replicate that exact you know that exact uh, uh, pace where they were blowing out everybody. But I I don't know I, for for what they rep- needed to replace, which is they needed to replace about a couple players. Um, um, Alyssa Banfield, I think Marissa Banfield, excuse me, was one of them and they've kind of done that that like brianna mitchell i think has been one of the the most improved players for them she i'm trying to think she finished with two assists but but she's mostly what they needed that starting guard spot filled after banfield left Mm -hmm. and since i believe since conference play She's been right there with Visher and Nugent in terms of the best playmakers on the team. I believe she's averaging a team high, I think, um, at least with I think at least tied with Visher. Let me see. I have it right here. Uh, yes, yeah, she has three point nine assists per game in conference uh, uh, with Visher behind her three and a half. She's still turning the ball over a little bit, but I think that's kind of with the territory. I don't think that her or Visher's is the, the natural playmaker that Banfield was, but they're finding three point shooting uh, Brianna Mitchell's shooting 42% from three in, in conference play. And I mean, you saw it against Cal Baptist where this was a close game for a little bit, right. Until, until the second half, this is a pretty close game. And then all of a sudden SFA just went on a run and Iana Johnson went off, like and Zion yep. Nuja was just torching them. And when this team is clicking, there's nobody that can really guard them. And it's kind of, it's really fun to watch that.
1: Yeah. Uh, we did the podcast with Justin. Mm-hmm. I don't know how how long ago, and we were like talking about SFAs concerns because they weren't being as dominant at that point in the year. You know, they had lost to Gonzaga, they lost to Portland. Um, you know, the A and M game was was fine, but still. Mm-hmm. Now we know. I mean, A and M. was about to say now in retrospect I, that might not that might be a pretty bad loss. <laughs> yeah. So so they had some losses where we we're like kind of scratching our heads, and now. Like you said, they're winning games by 20 plus and watching that game against Cal Baptist, I just couldn't believe the consistency that Zion Nugent, Stephanie Vischer and Ayanna Johnson played with like the entire game. It felt like their foot was on the gas and yep. Stephanie Vischer ends the game with six steals, 12 boards, 16 points. And it felt like even though uh, they played 36, 35 and 33 minutes, those three. And it felt like they, I never saw them come off the court. Like it felt like they were just the entire game pressing with their, their two, uh, their, their full court press, uh, mm-hmm. changing to a zone, sometimes changing to a man. Their defense completely threw off Cal Baptist. And Cal Baptist, to their credit, stayed in the game for, I mean, they were down double digits early, like at, uh, in the first half. They claw back in the third quarter to cut it to, I think, like six or seven at one point. And then SFA puts them away. Um, late in the third and into the fourth quarter, and that was the SFA that like we we know that's Stephanie Visher coming down and be like, no, this game's over. Zion Nugent hmm. was in attack mode the entire night, yeah. like just the entire night. Never gave uh, Cal Baptist any breathing room. And then Ayanna Johnson, if she scores like this, if she shoots eight of sixteen from the, from the field, they're they're tough to beat. Really, I mean, she hit. Um, she hit some really nice turnaround uh, jumpers in the post. I mean, finished everything. The pick and roll game was working. The 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 balanced attack that they have when Ayanna Johnson scoring like that is second to none. Like they they're tough. And then Brianna Brianna Mitchell three of five from the field. Um, Tasharian Johnson hit a three. I'm sorry, Robinson Tasharian Robinson hit a three. You know, they had some other players step up, and I this is this is a huge win. And then. I didn't watch the Grand Canyon game, but to basically do this to Grand Canyon too and hold the Grand Canyon to 44 points. I I they're they're balanced, they're really good. And I'm just I'm I'm back in completely. Yeah. They they wore them down. That's what it kind of felt like.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh I'm curious if you if you kind of get this this feeling. Is this the best ball movement team, men or women?
1: Like that we've seen this year. The broadcast kind of like, mentioned that they yeah, the broadcast like it, kind of kept talking about that. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and I just remember every time and even against AM, and this is kind of why that loss is kind of frustrating because they generate a lot of good looks in that game. Um, but watching this Cal Baptist game and when they went, when they got going, it seemed like, and this is something I wanted to, I didn't get to ask coach Kellogg when I talked to him for the story for the magazine, it seems like they have like a, like a timer like a two second or like one and a half second timer to where like, if you don't do something within that timer, you know, or or you're told to do something in that timer, right, that mental timer, where it's like, they're either driving, they're either passing, they're either, you know, shooting, like it's some type of action you don't see. And, you know, me and you both watch very slow men's basketball teams um, with Texas State and North Texas. And for better or worse, sometimes, you know, somebody gets the ball at the top of the key. They're waiting for a two-man weave. They're waiting for somebody along the baseline, right? They're like, they're holding the ball for a little bit and they're waiting for some action off and they kick it to the corner or something. And sometimes it works, but that doesn't really happen with this SFA team. It's a very fluid motion offense in terms of like somebody kicks it to the wing, the wing's either looking immediately to drive or somebody's coming off of a cut to the baseline and they're getting it there. And like, every time they get it to like Ayanna Johnson, she's either passing it out of the post or making a move. Like, and it's, it's all within like two seconds, it feels like. Mm. And so watching them go, it's, I don't know. Like if if you haven't watched this team and, and, you know, if you listen to this podcast and haven't watched this team, I don't know what's wrong with you, but if you watch this team and you watch them when they're on one of those like 12-0 runs that they're going to go on, just watch how they're scoring because it's not necessarily pushing the tempo and getting fast breaks and all that's not really them. It's like getting the ball into the half court and just constantly shifting. And it's a constant motion. And it's really, I don't know, like, it's, it's so fascinating to watch. Cause like they really are. And they have individual talented players, individually talented players, but not in a way that like a Texas has a Rory Harmon well she'll just, you know, kind of get a mid range shot or something. Yeah. It's, it is like they all work within the system and they all use their talents within that system to kind of um uh to kind of work at their best. And it, I don't know, it's, I feel like they're like, unlike any team we we've watched this year and even, you know, even a, you know, a team like we that we thought was cohesive last year with the Baylor's men team like you know that was still a lot of iso ball right you don't see a lot of iso ball from this team um it's it's a lot of like it's a lot of cohesion and a lot of like pure team like system movement
1: i'll say i'll say they do a better job than most teams i've watched and i'm i can't go through all you know 48 teams of in my head off the top but they do probably the best job of Keeping constant pressure on defenses,
0: mm-hmm, so,
1: mm-hmm. like the catch, and to to your point, to say that they they catch it and something immediately happens off the catch, they're driving seams, they're swinging it, they're getting a ball screen, they're just constant, constant, constant on the defense, and that's where it felt like against Cal Baptist, they completely wore them down, and. Yeah. It was on both sides of the ball because I like I said the defense that the press was was giving them issues, but then on offense, it was like boom, 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 bucket, boom, 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 mm-hmm. three, boom, 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 free throws. And Zion Nugent was huge in that. I want to give her credit because I've I don't I've seen her be aggressive before and I'm I i have not watched every single SFA game, obviously, but I remember, you know, last year and then early in the year, the the way that she played was giving how bad this just fits and mm-hmm. so that's kind of the engine to a degree is if you can catch it and drive and get downhill then you force help kick then you force help give it to Ayana johnson for, for a finish and so yeah no i i completely agree and there's there's always been an old adage in basketball where it's been like you know i don't, I don't remember i think it was the 0.5 second rule or something like that mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. one second rule where it's like you have a second to get the with the ball in your hands to make a decision so yeah That This team kind of embodies that to a degree.
0: It very much reminds me of, um, I'm a huge soccer fan, and it very much reminds me of like a soccer team where like if they push the ball up the pitch and they don't see anything, they'll recycle, right? And it's like move the ball back, you know, kind of regain everything. And it keeps the defense honest to where like, okay, you send the ball out wide to a forward. Okay, well, you know, the defense doesn't give you anything on that left side. All right, we'll kind of cycle it back around, move it to the right side, move it back. Like you don't ever, like you mentioned it, you don't ever, that's a good way to put it. um, You don't ever let them rest, basically. They have to keep, they have to keep, uh, maintain attention the whole time. And like, this is, you know, we're talking about Cal Baptist because this is the team that we expected to really challenge them. Um, This is the team in the whack that, I think heading into the conference season, they had almost a twenty-point win over TCU, which again TCU has been up and down, but still that's a you know that's a pretty impressive win. Um, they were dominating teams at a similar rate um, as as SFA was, uh, maybe even a little bit better um, at times compared to in, in non-conference because you know SFA again was a little bit a little bit shaky by, by their standards, um, and then they just come out and wipe the floor with them. So, yeah. Um, It's I'm really excited to see what this team can do in the tournament um, because that's always been, aside from last year, that's been this team's um, Achilles heel, you know, is not getting it done in the conference tournament. And, um, you know, you could dominate, but, you know, it only takes one. But I think we're going to be – I think there's no reason to assume uh, that this team isn't going to win the regular season title.
1: No, yeah, definitely at this point. I went back and looked at our predictions. Um, You had them at 15-3 and in conference. I had them at 17-1. So I'm, Yeah,
0: I'm you're, you're kind of
1: Yeah, you're looking really good on that one Looking good um, But yeah, man SFA Women's Shout out to y'all Doing oh, doing great 8-0 conference And I don't know enough about Like they got Chicago State twice New Mexico once No, New Mexico State twice The rest of the way um, Utah Valley once So, you know We'll see You got Cal Baptist again? Or is that No Okay, no. I was thinking yeah. it's it's kind of crazy they play a team from California like they're in the same conference as a team from California. And know, and the WAC is wild, man. And they're in East Texas. So, <laughs> yep. But yeah, let's move on to the other women's basketball game we wanted to wanted to talk about real quick. Um, I did not watch it, but you sent it to me. Uh, Texas loses to Oklahoma sixty five sixty three, and it was on a game winner, correct? Yes, yes, it was. Okay. So uh, do you have the numbers up from this one here. I got it 65 63. Um, Texas shoots 33.3% from the field, even and gets to the free throw line 29 times, makes 22, and they still were not able to pull this one out. They held Oklahoma to 39% shooting, but um, and Oklahoma shot 26 free throws of their own. There's something about Texas games. They're like, it feels like you're going to get a minimum of 40 free throws in the games like just no matter what. And yeah, that was pretty much the case.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that I'm trying to think of the the player's name who got the game winner. Um, But it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite, especially for a Vic Schaefer team. It wasn't exactly my favorite um, way to defend that. I think it was, I think it was Joanne Allen Taylor, or it might've been Liam Mathar. I can't remember um, who went for a charge in the lane. And very clearly was not a, very clearly like it, she could have gotten the charge. I think if she held her ground better, because it was, a am trying to find the, uh, it was Liz Scott who is much bigger than either. Um, again, I have to remember Phil's uh, Leah, Leah Matharu or Joanne Allen Taylor, but regardless, much bigger than either of those players. Yes. She would have gotten the contact and maybe have made it, it. She was a little bit late, but also she also embellished. And so it was very clearly she was moving, trying to embellish the contact, mm-hmm. and the ref gave her the n one. She probably could have got it if she just held her ground. Um, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't my favorite uh, way to play that. It was Joanne Allen-Taylor, by the way. Um, wasn't my favorite way to defend that, but regardless, I think it was a, it was a tough make from, a, from Oklahoma. Um, Texas just also happened to shoot pretty poorly. Um, you know, they really were having to rely on the free throw line They did not shoot well from three, five of 17 from three. And yeah, this is a, um, it's kind of one of those losses where you're like, all right, this is, is this just another hiccup of a young team? Um, Rory Harmon had another night struggling. She scored okay, but six turnovers to three assists, Um, you know, grabbed grabbed 11 boards. So she was fighting kind of on the inside, which is, in my opinion, what you, I think that's the uh, prime example of a guard that, that has a bad uh, turnover game. They try to affect the game in other ways where it's like, Oh, geez, I got to get this ball back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I don't know if this is too much to worry about, um, or if it's just another hiccup because of, you know, it's, it was a buzzer beater. Oklahoma did shoot pretty well from the floor, but again, that's also a, um, uh, decently from the floor, not incredibly almost 40%. Um, And it's, I don't know, I feel like you just want to chalk it up to a couple players having big nights for Oklahoma with Kennedy, um, not Kennedy Tucker, uh, Matty Williams and Taylor Robertson. So,
1: yeah, um, I mean, Texas, the thing is, Texas had won four in a row by double digits. We were like, all right, they're back a little bit. And then they go out and have kind of this type of performance. Sure, I think asking for consistency from this team might be asking a little bit too much. Even, But we know the ceiling of this team is really high still, mm-hmm. right? Like, we know this team, if they get hot, if they play their best game, they can beat anybody in the country pretty much. And yes. so that's why I'm still not too worried at this point. Um, I will say, man, and I, this is – both of us have watched a lot of Texas games this year. We, the, 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 the games can just be so hard to watch at times. Texas in this game was with twenty four turnovers. Oklahoma State with twenty seven turnovers, and like I said, they combined for fifty five free throws. Yeah. So this game was probably half the possession. No, fifty turnovers. That's probably more than half the possessions. But regardless, let's say half the possessions in this game yeah. <laughs> were either turnovers or free throws. Like every time down, there, it was just either all right, turnover, all right, free throws. Ooh, man, this is uh, tough.
0: Yeah yeah we're we're going to see the toughness of this texas team because next like this is their this is their next four home against baylor which is the game we've kind of had circled for both teams
1: mm-hmm.
0: um kind of seeing who's going to be the front runner of the big 12 uh, home against baylor away at tech home back home against oklahoma and then home against iowa state this is gut check time for to see like okay because we know the ceiling of this team, but can they keep that ceiling for a tough four game stretch? That's going to be the thing. Uh, luckily, these four games are at home. So that's going to help a lot or three of those four games are at home. Um, but still like, is this team ready to, you know, are we really really ready to say, okay, this team's going to be, you know, this going they're going to step in front of Baylor as the conference favorite, or is this still Baylor's conference? Um, we obviously know tech plays up to their competition. I mean, this is, This is is a very intriguing stretch because if consistency is their issue, they can't, you know, go one and three in the stretch, right?
1: No. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the back-to-back Baylor games are going to be fascinating to watch. I believe those are on the 3rd and the 1st of February. So, all right. SEC Big 12 Challenge, the, the crucial event that college basketball needed at this point in the year. You know, where would college basketball be if we didn't know how... You're so mad about that. How TCU, <laughs> hate this so much. How TCU did against LSU, man. Thank God we got to see Auburn and Oklahoma, man. Wow.
0: <laughs> so mad. That one.
1: Baylor, Alabama is really going to come back and help us in two months. It's amazing. Uh, but in, in all seriousness... SEC wins the big Twelve or the the challenge quote unquote, but Mm -hmm. the Texas teams went three and one. So I think Texas technically won the challenge here. TCU beat LSU 77, 68, Texas beat Tennessee 52, 51 in a game. That was just sounded exactly like the score. Texas Mm -hmm. tech uh, beat Tennessee down uh, 76 to 50. That was probably the most impressive result. And then Baylor, uh, lost loss to Alabama, 87 to 70 on the road. Uh, which of these four games do you want to start with? We don't spend too long on this, but on this kind of meaningless challenge, but where, yeah. which game do you want to start with?
0: Uh, let's start with the one that I took a little bit from, but it was kind of a, I didn't take too much from it. TCU over LSU. Um, LSU is banged up. Of course, let's, let's get that out of the way. Um, that's not me making, uh, oh, SEC didn't want to be here. That's not me making that excuse. They're, they're You would know more than anybody, they right? They played. they played. They played. And they played them tough. Like, it wasn't an easy game. Um, And so, but I think this is a little feather in the cap for TCU. Like, Mike Miles had a great game. Like, LSU, despite not being able to score sometimes, they can play some damn defense. And TCU was able to – get some buckets on them, and again i will wait will wait after the game was definitely like what well, you could tell that this wasn't a case of like they didn't play like they wanted to be there they definitely did not want to be there but they still played hard like that's what i took from like uh, will wait's comments afterwards uh, where it's like it's like yeah we had to you know yeah we had to prepare for this one like you could tell he's like i can't believe we wasted a practice in january on this <laughs>
1: Play TCU on the road at 11 a.m. That's the thing. Yeah, right. They played, it was, oh, it was they played, awful. They played Wednesday night at 8. And so then let's say yeah. Thursday they traveled, or I don't know when they traveled, but Thursday, Friday, and then you play Saturday at 11 a.m. in a non-conference yeah. game on the road. And then they have to play on Tuesday, today we're recording this, against Ole Miss in mm-hmm. an actual conference game where they can't lose it. You can't lose – This game on Tuesday. And so it's just like such a weird situation. But TCU played, in my opinion, I've I haven't watched every single TCU game, but I've looked at most of the scores. You know, I've been keeping track of TCU plenty. Mm -hmm. This had to have been their best game of the year. Like, oh yeah, they played light out 77 points. They shot so we'll we'll wait at the presser yesterday. Was like they shot 52% on mid-range jumpers. And we shot 42% on layups. And it was just like, they just shot the hell out of the ball. Like not from three, from three, I think they shot their normal percentage, like 20%, whatever it was. But like they made some shots and you tip your cap, man. Mike Miles played lights out uh, their whole, their whole team. If you go down the list, like I, I thought everybody contributed. Micah Peavy contributed off the bench. Um, Jacoby Coles even contributed off the bench a bit, but LSU's the number one defense in the country for a reason. And yeah to put up 77 on them and it looked consistent. Like they were quarter after quarter, quarter. They were there. Damian ball, mm-hmm. uh, 14 points, Chuck O'Bannon for 19 points. Uh, he had a stretch where he went three. he hit like three threes in a row. This was, this was the TCU game. And that, that's why these challenges are, can be important. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think people validate them because this gives TCU a chance to beat LSU. Right. Um, for LSU, obviously it's not good because it, it kind of just, depends. It, this is great for teams that are on the fringe of the tournament. Sure. Right. That's what this is for. And that's why will Wade said after the game, he was like last year, we needed that game against Texas tech. They played Texas tech last year and they were like, if we win this, we're, you know, firmly in the tournament. Instead they, they lose and they can get like a, a nine seed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. But this, that's what this is for TCU. And they played very, very well. And so, um, no real questions there, but this was the best game TCU played. So good for them. And this is going to be a huge win on their resume that will get them, uh, you know, into the tournament and get them maybe to like a seven or eight seed if they yeah. continue to win.
0: I think that their um, Torvik has their ratings right now. I think they're three and one in their quad um, in terms of their committee resume wins. They're three and one in their uh, quadrant one games which is iowa state lsu and oklahoma like that's a that's a pretty good if, if you're a team like lsu tcu is going to be really fighting for that tournament spot right that's a pretty damn good win to have um because they're not you know the committee's not going to look at it and be like well lsu boy, didn't have so-and-so it didn't have so-and-so whatever it doesn't matter once you you know once it gets down to like just just pure resume so this is the games that they need and uh then of course they turn around and beat oklahoma uh mm-hmm. monday night And that's, you know, that's another good win for TCU. They're now 15 and four, um, which is nuts to me, considering where we probably projected this team to be. Um, And they have a, I don't want to say easy schedule, because again, Big 12 is is tough, but Kansas State, Oklahoma State is probably as easy as you're going (laughs) to get. And if they can take care of business, okay, we'll see. They lost to Oklahoma State by one uh, last time. So, you know, if they can, uh, this is going to be, uh, this could be a, a four, potentially a four game streak heading into tech on the 12th. So,
1: yeah. Uh, one thing I'll say about this challenge, I think I, I just looked at, looked at it. I think there were, there were seven games or eight games, regardless. uh, 16, the home team won like six of them, like six mm-hmm. of the seven that I'm just, I was just scrolling through and looking at uh, the only outlier was Kentucky and Kansas, which was a huge outlier, but um that's what this challenge you, know, you kind of feel like if you're at home you get the crowd it's a much bigger deal in a sense to to get that win um texas tennessee it, it's probably a big one we should probably talk about it just yeah. because it's it's texas biggest win of the season yes, is it not? yes. Like, i tweeted out i tweeted out it's probably the win that's going to get them into the tournament. Like, it's probably just like, they were probably going to get in the tournament anyways. Yes. But this is the win that regardless of what happens the rest of the year, they're going to be like, but we beat Tennessee. So,
0: and I, yeah, I mean, it was, it wasn't a pretty game to watch, um, but it was, you know, it was a big occasion. Of course. I like that. Uh, Texas embraced the uh, Rick Barnes returning and I agree. And I tweeted back at you uh, that Rick Barnes walked through the home tunnel. I I appreciated that. (laughs) It was, uh, he he was like, I know, I know a way coach, what you mean? (laughs) Um, But uh, no, it was a really cool moment. And this is the kind of win that I think kind of played it heading into the game. I was like, Texas can win this because like they're, one Tennessee is like one of the almost as inconsistent as Texas. Yes. Um, they are very, very, very erratic. And so I thought one this is the t- this kind of plays into Texas favor because I know that Texas is at least going to defend, and I don't know night in night out that Tennessee is going to put up the same you know type of ca- type of caliber game that they're capable of. Uh, even they're pretty good at defending. Tennessee but they're not always going to defend you the way Texas I know will night in night out and so I figured I was leaning more towards the consistent you know uh defense and the consistent team and it was a lot closer than I expected obviously but um I I still yeah this is this is still a really good win and um I believe I'm trying to find their quadrant one wins for Texas they're currently two and two in their quad one games with, uh, I think they have obviously Tennessee now and TCU. They count TCU as a quad one win, which is pretty solid. So um, yeah, that's two now, two big resume wins that they needed. um, If they were, and this is still heading into a tough part of their conference, where they could pick up more, right? This is still a team that we expect to be pretty damn good on their day. And so now they're heading into the tough part of the schedule where they could pick up more big wins that could make, that could basically solidify their tournament spot.
1: Yeah. Texas Tech beats Mississippi State by 26. Uh, Terrence Shannon didn't play, but this was the most impressive result to me. Uh, Texas Tech getting this done. I mean, I mean, TC was also very impressive, but Tech was to do this to Mississippi State. I do credit a lot of it to playing at home and this challenge not being the biggest of deals to some. And I do think the home court is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, to beat Mississippi State like that is is huge. Mississippi State was coming off of a uh, really tough loss to – an overtime loss to Kentucky, and then has to head to Lubbock. That does not seem like fun at all. But um, credit to Tech Tech. Took care of business. I was expecting it to be closer, and it was not. So uh, credit to them. And mm-hmm. then – Uh, last but not least, uh, Baylor loses to Alabama, 87 to 78. Same thing. It felt like just Alabama being at home and I'll I'll play, I'll flip the script here. Uh, It felt like Baylor was just like, I really don't want to play this Alabama team right now in the middle of conference uh, when we're just trying to get healthy. Um, Because then then the next game, I mean, Baylor last night against West Virginia was without a king and Flagler and no, it was a uh, flagler and crier yes um and Cryer was out against alabama too i'm like and i i'm assuming flagler got hurt in that game mm. because uh there's no other really explanation for it but um and i was like half watching this baylor alabama game i think it was on it was on while i was watching another game the games just run together in my head but yeah. regardless you lo- i mean you lose flagler like that's a big deal. Like they almost lost to West Virginia because of this game, you could say. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just get this game out of my face if you're Baylor. I, I know Alabama can beat good teams and they are a good team, but damn, that hurts.
0: Yeah. I think that uh I tweeted that this was to me the most impressive win for Baylor of the season. The win over West Virginia. West Virginia? Yeah. yeah. Because we were talking about how in, in in our critiques of this team, we we mentioned like the how they didn't have uh it was more about what Akinjo was doing. And if if the team didn't seem to be functioning perfectly, that they weren't reaching those heights. Well, yesterday they didn't have their leading score and they didn't have probably their best shooter. And they still gutted out a win over a West Virginia team that was, I mean, I thought they were gonna lose that game flat out. Like I was like, this team is. West Virginia loves nothing more than a wounded animal and they were like feasting on Baylor defensively it seemed like for a big stretches of that game and then it did it didn't matter because like akinjo was like I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my all-American self and Jeremy Sochan and Jonathan Tomochachua. like they really really gutted out a win um despite getting I believe pretty sure they got beat on the boards. Uh, or no, wait, sorry, they didn't because Baylor got a tons of offensive rebounds. I, I just remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of negated the the uh, rebounding advantage that West Virginia would have had. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I I thought this was the most impressive win for Baylor so far this season because of who they didn't have.
1: Yeah, Taz Sherman for West Virginia was incredible. Yeah. And, I mean, we've, we've talked about before, that's Taz Sherman that didn't play when West Virginia played Texas. And so that's why that's why we kind of wrote off that win, because Taz Sherman is capable of putting up 29 points on 15 shots, six of 11 from three Mm -hmm. is a dude. And then um, from Baylor's perspective, you're right, though, 17 offensive rebounds, uh, shot 48 percent from the field. Uh, West Virginia shot 54 percent from the field, which is crazy. But. The way they gutted that out, it put Jeremy Sohan in situations where he had to be a creator at times. Dale Bonner stepped up a bit. He only went 2 of 7, but I thought he played uh, under control for assist. Matthew Mayer had his nine points all in the last, like, two minutes. And, um, yeah, James Akinjo played how we expect him to play. He didn't play well against Alabama, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, he bounced back and won a game that actually mattered here. And that's what this team needs. They need James Akinjo to be very, very good, if not great. And that's what he was against West Virginia to pull out a win that if they would have lost it. Yeah. We could have pointed at them not having those two guards, but it's still in the standings you're going up, you're trying to edge out whether it's Kansas or Texas or whoever else or Texas tech. That's a huge, that would be a huge result if they would have lost, but to yeah. to, st- to steal the win is big at home, especially so. Um, good for Baylor. I watched that last night as well, and uh, I was impressed. Yep, same here. All right, uh, other any other results? No, that's it for the Big 12. Uh, two other results we can briefly talk about. North mm-hmm. Texas beats Louisiana Tech, Whew. 362 on Tyler the road. Perry. On the road, and Tyler Perry hits a three to win it, and I was just jumping up and down. Because I didn't think – because he comes off – so they drop a play uh, after a timeout down Mm -hmm. one – or I'm sorry, down two. They go for the corner three wide open. Perry gets the look, and he misses it. Then Thomas Bell, of course, comes swinging out of the air, grabs the rebound, and Tyler Perry completely relocates to probably six feet behind the three-point line. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, Bell kicks it out to him, and Perry just drains it. And man, that yeah, that is an incredible win on the road, like for the, this North Texas team. Like they, there's no reason to have won that game against that team on the road in that situation. I mean, Kenneth Lofton put was just dominating the game, and North Texas just gut, gutted out a win. La Tech was up 14, I believe it was. No, La was up 17 with 14 minutes left. Mm. And then North Texas said, you're not scoring anymore. They did it. They did what they always do. They just stopped teams. LaTex had one field goal in the last 10 minutes, 10 and a half minutes. Jeez. I I don't know how to describe what this team does, but they just, they just find ways to win games. And so, mm. and now the offense has kind of come around. They are now top 100 in offense, which is a huge revelation. Cause I believe coming into conference, they were like one forties. 150s. And now in conference, they've put up a 112 offensive rating and their first in field effective field percentage, shooting 43.7% from three, getting 36% of the offensive rebounds. Yeah, that's North Texas is just looking incredible right now. And we've already talked about it, but the schedule isn't that tough. Like their favorite to win the conference right now at this point. Yeah. Oh, easily. I mean, like looking at it, It's wild how
0: North Texas has. I think Ken Palm currently has them as the number one offense in the conference, which is nuts. (laughs) Um, And they're that's kind of how they're. I mean, their defense is going to be there, and that's kind of obviously the crux of Grant McCaslin. But like they're getting it done with just how how they're killing teams and they're scoring right. And so I I don't know. I, I love the fact that they're getting it done in a different ish kind of way, and it's because of guys like Tyler Perry who've stepped up. You know when they've needed to have kind of that new crop of breakthrough players. And it's, I don't know, that was just kind of like the cherry on top for a breakout season for him so far.
1: Yeah. Um, Not to like completely like nerd out here, but like every yeah. year, the past two years, it's kind of been like this, where the, the defense early in the season has been elite, you know, top mm-hmm. 50 in the country. Just, it's always there. And then last two years, it's been the offense has come around to where yeah. like in 2020, the offense actually finished um 34th in the country. Like the offense was Mo Gibson, Javion Hamlet. Uh you know, those guys were and that was that was
0: that was the COVID year, but that was also like the year that was like I
1: mean I was expect
0: I was looking forward to seeing north Texas like hopefully make a tournament make the tournament that yeah, time. You know exactly yeah
1: so they they had already won the conference championship or the regular season one and then mm-hmm. obviously COVID cuts off the season but that was when the offense came around and boom they were, they were playing last yeah. year. It was similar. They finished third in offense and fifth in defense in, in conference. So the defense is, is always good, but the pace, it, it's weird because the pace they play with and then the defense they play with, it kind of just wears team down, wears teams down and then they need the offense to come like knock them out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think they had that knockout punch. If I'm being honest, like JV on sure. gone, James Reese gone, all these guys are gone. I didn't think they had that knockout punch anymore, but apparently they do. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case and they shoot 43% from three, I I don't know what you do with this team because they're just going to win the conference for a third straight year and probably could make the tournament if they win, obviously the conference tournament, but um, yeah, UAB lost to um, Marshall and Marshall was 0 and 7 and without Tavion Kinsey, who is an NBA caliber player. So yeah, UAB looks like they're very or inconsistent to a degree. So if North Texas I can think, keep it up, uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah. I think Ken Palm has, let me see, the conference player of the year race. Let me see. I think it's down Lough. to Lofton, Walker, Loughlin, Bell, Loughlin. Perry, and McKnight from, well, he's last, yeah, but McKnight. McKnight from Western Kentucky. So um, yeah, I mean, that's two players from North Texas. It'd probably be Lofton, but yeah. Um, Still, that's uh, again after graduating, two key or not graduating, but uh, two key contributors leaving. That's kind of nuts for North Texas to have two guys thoroughly in the race. So it was,
1: yeah. So it was Javion, then James Reese transferred to South Carolina, and he's leading South Carolina. Oh, and Simmons, right. Simmons, Simmons, right. And then Zachary. Jeez, I forgot about Simmons. So (laughs) that's nuts. Crazy. Um, Yeah, they play UTEP and UTSA. I said on the North Texas podcast, I do. I was like, all right, UTEP will be an interesting one because they're starting to play better defensively. So um, it is at home, though, for North Texas. So I expect them to probably take care of business. But then UTSA, you just walk out there and win by 40. So no concern there. Uh, Uh, Last game, which I actually don't have the box score up for. um, Texas Southern and Prairie View. Yeah. we, We talked about them kind of struggling a bit or not living up to the the standards that we have for texas southern prairie view um however i say that fully knowing that johnny jones can just will his team to a conference championship uh, tournament championship and make the tournament from there but mm-hmm. still texas southern beats prairie view 75 74 and like i said i don't have the box score up but
0: yeah i got it right here um bryson etienne has t- had 20 points to a game high 20 or sorry a team high 21 um will douglas actually had the game oh, went to overtime uh, by the way yeah yeah 75 74 tech southern pulled it out um not a great game from john walker I was about to who say. is only scored two points uh when one of four from the field and i don't know if he was hurt or not because he only played 19 minutes but uh maybe they're just riding the hot hand with aj lawson who scored uh 15 mm-hmm. in 29 minutes so yeah that's a huge win considering how we you know how the The SWAC's looking to play out right now with uh, Southern kind of leading the pack. And I think I want to say before this game, Prairie View was actually projected ahead of Texas Southern in the conference. So that was kind of a pretty huge result for them. Uh, Both teams kind of needing, you know, to get some momentum. Um, towards the end of the year,
1: yeah. Texas Southern is six and three now. Southern is seven and two. Florida A and M is seven and two. They won seven yes, straight. This, this is weird. This is a weird for this conference. <laughs> Gramblings won five straight. They're seven and two. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the bottom of this conference is bad enough to where you can pick up some wins, like Jackson State and Mississippi Valley. But um, still, oh, no, I mean, Texas haven't watched at Jackson State. So no, that's true. <laughs> I don't know You're what right. this conference is this year. You're right. You're right. No, no idea what to make of this conference. But um, I guess let's predict Texas, Texas Tech tonight. Yeah. Then we can wrap it up.
0: All righty. So uh, first, we should say we'll have it. We should I'm barring a blowout either way. We should have a quick 10, 15 minute pod over uh, this game tonight. Um, so look forward to look, look to that either late tonight or early tomorrow, whenever you, whenever you download it, uh, probably the most anticipated game of the season, at least for me. Um, um, pff, man,
1: well, while you think, while you yeah, think, yeah, go ahead, go um, ahead, go ahead. just the, <laughs> the texas tech fans waiting outside for two days like two three days before they are ready i was like golly and then the the players and coaches delivered them pizza and stuff i was like that's cool good for them and then they were outside where the the bus where the texas hits this is gonna players
0: this is lebron coming back to cleveland in 2010 like
1: legitimately
0: like i don't know if i bet look forward to like a home game a specific game like because like when they go back to Austin it's not going to be the same right yeah. like it's just not this is like when's the last time you you looked forward to like somebody coming back to an environment like this like it's to me it cool. is legitimately like LeBron going back to Cleveland
1: the thing is like Kawhi with the Spurs but even okay, then it's fair but, but even, even then he, it was yeah. like the Spurs were in such a worse situation that we were just like, <laughs> just, right. we were just hating him. It's like when right. LeBron went back because you knew, like, Cleveland knew it was like, that's well, true. we're screwed. That's true. So we're just going to hate. And right. the Spurs did win that game against Kawhi, though, to like beat him yeah. beat by like 20, I remember. And so Ooh, it was like, what, I think, uh, what about Duran going back to the Thunder? Oh, that was, that's a good that was, one because, like, that was, that might be my number one, to be honest. That might, yeah. You had the dudes dressed up as like cupcakes. <laughs> No, that might be. That was a good one. That was LeBron a good one. LeBron was great, but the Kevin Durant one is.
0: And especially because I think what, what goes more in Tech's favor, similar to that one, is you had Russell Westbrook, like for the yeah. Thunder, right? Like Like giving it back to Kevin Durant. So, like, you have some of those players who are going to be giving it back to Texas. Right. Exactly. So like Mark Adams, I don't think Mark Adams is going to be giving best nice personality, <laughs> but like you have who obviously he obviously wants to win this game. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's going to add more to the, as opposed to just the fans, right. It's going to be the team wanting to beat Texas really yeah. bad. So,
1: while well, um if it, yeah. there's some like roster turnover, obviously it's not the same sure. thing as last year, but sure, Tan sure, sure. Shannon's still on the team. Mm-hmm. Um There it's, it's still the uh, Mark Adams team, and so uh, that's what makes it weird. And so, uh, but you're right though. The Kevin Durant one is unique because Russell Westbrook. That's when Russell Westbrook had him like butted heads, like literally yeah. on the court, and they're <laughs> and
0: like the Thunder weren't. They weren't, you know, they, they weren't awful, right? They were still a playoff team. So like that, exactly. I think yeah, I think that's a better comparison where it's like you're not just like a team that should, you're not a you're not somebody that's just hating because you suck now. Like it's it's like actually like you're pretty good
1: and like you yeah. want
0: you know this is I don't know I'm yeah. so looking forward to this game. <laughs>
1: yeah. and then we, we you don't even have to talk about the, the Big Twelve impact of this game. Like oh the my winner, God. the winner could be the favorite at this point. Like Kansas is still there and Baylor's still mm-hmm. there. Yes, of course. But like uh, if Tech if Tech wins, and I think Texas is in a better position than Texas, obviously. But if Tech wins, we're looking at wins over Baylor, Kansas, and Texas early on. Like That's the resume is checked off. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> there you you're, go you're done. So yeah, uh, then we start talking about them in consideration for the conference championship. So uh, huge game, huge game, 8 p.m. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Prediction-wise, I'm rolling Texas Tech. Uh, they're five-point favorites. I don't think I can lay five points with them, but still, I think they win. By about four, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I'll say – I think low-scoring game, obviously, Uh, 60 (laughs) 60 to 56. Texas Tech, that's my prediction.
0: I think I'm going Tech as well. I think I'm going to go 58-55.
1: There you go. Yeah. So, we both have the under-hitting. I think the over-under is at 122.5. Not that I would know that exactly, but – uh yeah so there you go you live in the the right state buddy (laughs) i live in uh, louisiana so i I have to know this stuff legally every citizen must know the point spread of college basketball games um but yeah that's all we have for y'all today we hope y'all enjoyed it um Stephen f austin sec big 12 and then texas tech and tech uh plenty of uh, stuff to talk about man this has been fun but yeah, we'll talk to y'all later. Like we, like Ish said, we'll have a podcast after Texas and Texas Tech barring blowout. If Texas Tech comes out and beats them by twenty, I we don't have that much to talk about, and vice yeah. versa. But if it's a close game, which we expect it to be, we will be on here afterwards, um, and here for like a late night podcast. So check that out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Uh, follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael or R Johnson. Follow me at Matthew Bruni underscore. Uh, Check out the content at textbasketball.com. Um, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify. I want to emphasize that. We greatly appreciate y'all leaving a five-star rating and review. But, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to y'all later. Later tonight. Yeah.